my brothers and sisters in the Lord, how would you respond to the question if you were asked, what is your philosophy of life? Or another way is, what is your plan of life? What is your philosophy of life? What are those overarching principles which guide how you live your daily life? It is those principles that guide how you wake up in the morning, how you interact with other people, how you deal with difficult and challenging situations, how you spend your time, your talent, and your treasure. What is your philosophy of life? In many ways, my brothers and sisters, I like to equate our philosophy of life to what I would call our spiritual GPS. Now, most of us are familiar with a GPS. We either have one in our car or, or on our mobile telephone, our smartphone. A GPS is one of those devices in which you put in the address of a location. And after putting in the address, the GPS gives you instructions, directions, a map in order to reach your final destination. Well, my brothers and sisters, in a very similar way, our philosophy of life is like our spiritual GPS. Because our philosophy of life should lead us to our final destination. And as Catholics, my brothers and sisters, we have a final destination. We are a teleological people, and that final destination is eternal life with God. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. To love our neighbors, ourselves, so we may be happy with Him in the life to come. And as we think about our philosophy of life, those overarching, those guiding principles, our spiritual GPS, those are the things that should be directing us towards the Lord Jesus. Those are the things that should be directing us closer to the heart of God. Those are the things that should be directing us, giving us direction so that we may inherit, praise God, one day, everlasting and eternal life with our God. And oftentimes, our brothers and sisters, we talk about people who are living their life as if they have no direction. They're directionless. And usually it's because, my brothers and sisters, they don't have a philosophy of life that includes God. Their spiritual GPS is attuned to many other things, but not to the Lord. And if we look at those overarching principles, if we look at what are those things that are going to guide us closer to the heart of Jesus, well, we look at the life of Christ himself. Because as followers of Jesus, as disciples of the Lord, we're called to walk in the footsteps of the Master. And if you look at the life of Jesus, my friends, in the Gospel, one of the overarching principles of the Lord's life, one of the overarching virtues that he lives out is the virtue of charity. The virtue of Christian charity. And I firmly believe, my brothers and sisters, in my years of priesthood, that if we live out the virtue of Christian charity, if that becomes a major part of our philosophy of life, then 99% of our decisions are already made. If we are focused on the Lord and we're focused on the virtue of charity, the virtue of love, then 99% of all the decisions that we'll have to make are already made because the answer becomes so clear when we don't look at it in all of our other vices, 
or all of the other things that the world says important, but not God. Look at the gospel today. The gospel today is certainly a challenging gospel. But before we look at the challenge, I want you to listen how the gospel began. Jesus said to his disciples, now, this is taken from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, beginning in verse 27. But if you read before this at the beginning of chapter 6, you will understand all the people who are gathered to listen to Jesus. And it is quite a variety of people. Jesus speaks to his disciples. Who's included there? Well, there are the Jews, of course, who are there. Those who are the Jews and those also who are the ruling class of the Jews. The Pharisees were also present. But not just the Jewish people. The Gentiles were also present as well. The pagans, those who worship Baal, they were there. And you know who else was there? The Roman soldiers were there. And the Roman soldiers many times were the individuals who persecuted and took advantage of the Jewish people. So you have quite a variety of people. And the Jewish people, many of them, they didn't like the Gentiles. In fact, they hated the Gentiles. They were the enemies. The Roman soldiers, they were the enemy. So you have this group of people all standing shoulder to shoulder. And what does Jesus say to them? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Now he was speaking to a very mixed crowd of individuals who did not really care for one another. And he gives the teaching of charity the virtue of charity, the virtue of love. This is how you are to live your life. Loving your enemies, blessing those who curse you. And then it's very interesting. If you listen very closely to St. Luke, after he writes, Jesus said to his disciples, notice the first words of the Lord. To you who hear, I say, love your enemies. To you who hear, I say, why, my brothers and sisters? Because Jesus says a lot of things that people didn't listen to. Or they were listening for the wrong reasons. Because the Pharisees, they were listening. But they were listening to find things in order to condemn Jesus. Other people in the crowd, they were listening too. But if you read in the beginning of chapter 6 of St. Luke's Gospel, you'll realize that they were listening because they wanted a physical miracle. They had seen Jesus and heard about Jesus healing other people. And so they wanted some of that healing for themselves. So they were listening, but they were listening with a certain purpose. So that Jesus could do what I want him to do. But they didn't hear. That's why Jesus says, for those who hear, for those who are willing to listen. Because oftentimes, our brothers and sisters, we come to church and I think we sit in the pew and then we turn off our minds because we're thinking about everything else. The parade that's coming, the things I have to do, what's coming up next week, what's on my to-do list, what's happening on Monday, what problem I have to deal with over here, what my kids or grandkids are doing. So we're thinking about all these things but we do not listen. You see, my friends, Jesus, could we say the same words to us, we sort of turn off our minds and we're focused on everything else and we forget that we're experiencing and being encountered with the Word of God and the very person of Jesus 
in the sacrament of the altar. And those things, my brothers and sisters, are meant to be transformative. Because in order to be transformed, you and I must listen. And in listening, my brothers and sisters, it leads to conversion. Listening leads to transformation. And listening also leads to obedience. It's a word we do not like in our culture today. To be obedient to God, to His word, to His call in our life even when it calls for great sacrifice. But we must listen. The people in Jesus' time, they weren't listening. Do we listen, my brothers and sisters? When we leave church, have we listened and have we encountered the Lord? And are we giving praise to God? I use this as a joke all the time because oftentimes when people leave church, what does Father Cooper hear? It was too cold. It was too hot. Your, your microphone was too loud. I couldn't hear you. Well, my brothers and sisters, that's all wonderful and it may be all true, but we just miss Jesus. We miss the Lord. When it comes to encountering Jesus on this altar, we should be willing to bring a fur coat or any kind of coat we got. I mean, we have to think about it, my friends, in perspective of why we come to the altar. We're focused on all sorts of different things. It wasn't any different in Jesus' time as it is in ours. You see, my brothers and sisters, the call remains the same. The call to Christian charity. And is it going to be easy? No. Jesus goes on to say, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. You got to love those who are your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be a missionary in the world. You see, my brothers and sisters, as we hear these very challenging words, do those words affect our philosophy of life, our call to being a disciple? Because if they don't, my friends, then we have missed the message of the gospel. And we've missed the transformative power that the Lord wants to bring into your life and into mine. May God grant us the grace, my friends, to have ears that hear and eyes that see, to be able to listen and to be able to respond out of charity. Because it's easy to respond out of hatred. Someone asked one time, what is a four-letter word for something that is very challenging and very difficult? And one person responded, fear. And the other person responded, love. My friends, however we respond to that, when we face a challenge or a difficulty, when we respond out of fear, or if we respond out of love, is based upon how you and I try to acclimate our life to the message of the gospel so that we can be the disciples the Lord calls us to be. And when we do that, my friends, then we can experience the joy and happiness that only Jesus can give. Because as St. Paul writes to the Ephesians, 
All bitterness, fury, anger, shouting, and reviling must be removed from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. Remove it all, my friends. All the fear, all the anger, all the bitterness, all the hatred. Remove it all. And allow yourselves to be filled with only the joy and love that Jesus can give. Because all that other stuff, my friends, is like the spiritual cancer. The longer you leave it in, the more it's going to eat your soul away. But when we listen to the call of the gospel, then and only then will we experience joy.